Hey there, citizen scientists. You are currently listening to one of my older episodes on my podcast. The audio is, I might say so myself, pretty horrible. So uh, all my newer episodes are updated with audio quality and uh, way better sound. So go ahead and check out my newer episodes. And I have plans on redoing all my older ones with my newer equipment. So keep an eye out for that. So enjoy the show. the very first question one has is, um, you know, there's those combinations that you just never expect to see in the wild, and that would be quantum and quantum Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> together in a title. Uh, so maybe you can just start us out by explaining why the quantum Bigfoot, what, it, what are we getting at here? Well, what we're getting at is, uh, as many of your listeners may know, I encounter these creatures in the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, to the uh, east of you there, south. <laughs> and uh, this was in the 70s, and uh, we started recording their vocalizations and having some mysteries around them too, which I didn't talk about for a long time. Just anomalies, things you couldn't explain with classical science. Al Berry was the investigative reporter from Reading, actually. Uh, he worked for the Records Sisters, like the newspaper then. 
And uh, he uh, he was invited. We invited him to camp. He thinking he was going to find a hoax because it's kind of an incredible story. But he heard the sounds and thought they were worth listening or investigating. So we we took him into camp in 1972. He ended up recording uh, uh, sounds and uh, still thinking they were hoaxes. Somebody had to hoax us. But this is 8,400 feet elevation. <laughs> and it's eight miles into the wilderness. And it's, it's really imposing trail to get to an imposing area. Uh, gorgeous area though, it's beautiful. And uh, um, so anyway, he went in and he, he had some experiences too, along with us. And uh, he ended up having those recordings uh, checked by Dr. Curlin, Professor Curlin at the University of Wyoming. He did a year long study and established the sounds were credible. They weren't manipulated. They weren't uh, speeded up, slowed down. Or but identifiable, I assume. They, they were uh, above and below and in between, all, all over the scope of uh, vocalizations and way outside the human uh, scope of what we can do. And that was interesting, uh, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't what academia needed. So we kept on. And uh, But there was other anomalies going on up there, uh, lights and uh, sounds that we could not identify, uh, very, very unusual sounds outside of what you could explain with classical science, like I say. And uh, Al Berry had a master's degree in science, and he said that uh, whatever you do, try to stay with science on this thing or you'll never be able to get anybody to listen to you. So uh, I started reaching in, well, how does, how does science explain this? How do they explain lights going by you and things like that going on? And these sounds like your camp's being tore apart. You look outside this little shelter we had there and nothing's changed. And you don't know how to put your finger on that. It's like trying to nail a jello to the wall, you know? So anyway, um, that got me into looking into quantum physics because I realized, and everybody does, I think, we live in a three-dimensional environment, a three-dimensional world, but there's more dimensions according to physics. So um, I think it was uh, Nicole Tesla said that uh, what one man calls God, another man calls quantum physics. Yeah. So those who have thrown religion away and out outside the door because they didn't go with religion, believe it or not, you're a spiritual being. According to uh, uh, Stephen Hawkins and according to Einstein, energy, which we are all made of at the most minute level, does not die. It only changes form. So religions will call that heaven. Quantum physics calls that uh, dimensions. There are at least 11 uh, established by mathematics of uh, quantum physics. And uh, so anyway, I started looking into that and uh, it started coming together for me. Uh, it started answering some of the questions I had. So, um, and I think, and it was uh, Dr. Uh, well, who was the astronaut? He was uh, Mitchell, Edgar Mitchell. He said, it takes classical and quantum sciences together to have clear perception. I yeah. think that's a pretty good thing yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, quantum quantum science, you know, is science in its most extreme form of basically measuring things without using any of your human senses. This is your host, Tyler. I just wanted to let you know that this next segment you're about to listen to um, is all read stories. I will be having sections in this podcast in which 
I will be reading accounts and trying to glean scientific hypothesis um, and viewpoints from them. So when you listen to it, that's why it's going to sound a little weird. Uh, It's not necessarily me talking to you. It is me reading what I wrote to you. Uh, It's just easier to put things into a chronological place for me that way instead of having to reach into my brain to pick out all the little details that happened over a year ago. I've had a lot happen since then and my mind has been away from the Sasquatch subject for quite some few months. So I have easily forgotten a lot of the small details about my encounter. But uh, as I sat down and wrote them out and pick and pulled from different emails that I had written out to different podcast hosts, it all started coming back together. So here is my story for you of my encounters. Hey there, citizen scientists. This is Tyler, your host. I want to thank tuning in to my very first ever full-length episode. I have quite a story to tell today. Um, I decided to go ahead and just uh, start with my encounters and my experiences. Um, I have to give a little warning before this story. Um, It gets a little out there. I don't know what else to say about it other than um, this experience left me completely changed. Uh, I was one of the most judgmental people out there. Um, Anyone who believed Bigfoot uh, was spiritual or anything of the sort, I would always scoff at and make fun of. Um, Just the whole, as they call, woo side of Sasquatch. I can't speak for other people, um, other people's experiences. Everyone has their own different experiences. Uh, But this experience has opened up my eyes uh, 100% to the realization that there is so much out there that we have no clue about. Um, Extremely unexplainable events. So as you give it a listen, all I ask is that you keep an open mind. I understand this is more supposed to be more of a scientific look to it, um, but in my opinion, I think it kind of is. It kind of gets into the whole metaphysical uh, science side of the subject um, in general. Um, I feel like I'm scaring you away. Uh, this is not what this show is going to be. I'm just kind of starting this with my uh, own experiences and kind of give you a a look at what drives me and um, one of the sole reasons why I am so overly obsessed with the scientific research side of this subject. So, So thanks for giving my podcast a listen. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you would just like to talk to me, if you have your own encounter that you would like to come on and and talk about, um, maybe 
come on and do an interview, that is most definitely doable. Uh, we will work something out. In order to get a hold of me, I have created a new email, and that is citizen scientist deep dive at protonmail.com. So, if you have any, again, questions, comments, concerns, if you just want to chat my ear off, if you want whatever it is, uh, I get back to you as soon as I see them, which I try to make that as quick as possible. So, thanks for tuning in to my very first ever full length episode of A Citizen Scientist Deep Dive into Sasquatch. Hey there, citizen scientists. I'm your host, Tyler, and I am from the outskirts of Portland, Oregon. I have always had an interest in the subject of Sasquatch, even as a child, but it never exceeded past watching Henry and the Henderson's movie or reading a book in the library about cryptid lore. It wasn't until I was about 12 when, while sitting around the dinner table with my family, my brother and father, who had just returned from a weekend fishing trip up to a lake that I would later come to have my very first sighting at, started into detail on an account that they, along with my uncle, had involving vocalizations and horrid smells. My uncle went up a couple days before my father and brother made their way up there. He claims that both nights he was awoken by both hearing noises in camp and smelling wet dog. Both of these incidents took place about the same time both nights. He's never been a Bigfoot believer, but this was completely unexplainable to him. He woke the next morning and found nothing amiss or out of place in camp, so figured it was just a wild animal checking stuff out and didn't think twice about it anymore. Sometime later that day, my father and brother show up and start setting up camp. The rest of the evening goes without incident until the following day. My father is a semi-believer, meaning he's not positive if they're actually out there, but he believes in the possibility of Sasquatch. My brother has always found it to be a joke and was a non-believer. So there's my uncle, father, and brother all in float tubes fishing for bluegill, bass, and whatever else fish they could catch out of the lake. It's about 6 o'clock. It's a quiet, peaceful, serene, picturesque type of evening surrounded by mountains in which the lake is tucked up in. Out of nowhere, breaking the comforting silence of nature, comes this god-awful, wretched scream. All three of my family members heard it and instantly got goosebumps. Though I have never pried my uncle for info, my father and brother tell me it was the most brutal, non-animal sounding, wretched growl, woman screaming bloody murder, most inhuman sounding noise that they have ever heard before. They have spent a lot of time out in the wilderness hiking into lakes to fish, hunt, and camp, and have never experienced anything like this before. They know the sounds of the woods. After hearing that scream, my uncle then explained about the two nights prior, and they put two and two together. They all packed up and decided to leave that following day with no other incident. It wasn't until my dad and brother told me about their account some short time after it happened, along with corroboration from my uncle, that I truly with all my heart and soul believed in the species. If my three family members say they experienced a vocalization, then I believe them. They've never been one to lie to me before. I instantly was shocked and amazed at the story I heard and found myself some years later very interested in investigating the phenomenon. A couple years back, I was looking for some new entertainment to help my workday go by faster. 
I went on and found a random podcast platform and downloaded it to my phone. I was typing the word Sasquatch into the search bar before I even knew what I was doing and instantly came upon a podcast called Sasquatch Chronicles. Love you, Wes. This podcast completely changed the game for me. It turned me from an interested party into a complete and utter fiend. The encounters were extremely realistic sounding, and there was so much scientific data that I had no clue about. Thus, started my fascination. I quickly found myself wanting to go into the research field and implementing these research tools that I had been learning about, with extreme excitement in my head. My first account was about May 2019 on a logging road just off of Highway 212, headed up to Frog Lake outside of Estacada, Oregon. I was listening to some older Sasquatch Chronicles podcasts as I was driving around the woods and came across a side road that jetted up. I started up the hill for about 10 minutes when it came to a dead end with a camping spot at the end of it. I'm the type of person that when I find a secluded spot like that, I put my vehicle in park, shut my car off, and hang out there for a couple hours to reset my mind, wind down, and relax the city stress away. This was no exception. After about two hours of hanging out and listening to some downloaded Sasquatch Chronicles content I had on my phone, an episode titled, Reported Sasquatch Sounds, came on. As I started to focus more attention on the episode, I got this bright idea to blast my car speakers as loud as they can go for the next reported sounds. I rolled down all of my windows prepping for the next sound to come up. This is called call blasting. Shortly after I had opened all my windows, I believe it was the Missouri Howl came on. As the recording ended, the host's voice came back on. I turned my speakers back down to lower listening level. Within 5 to 10 seconds after I turned down the audio, I heard what I can only describe as a super high-pitched scream-like howl, mixed with a low-toned dog type of screech at the end, far off in the distance. It lasted for about 10 seconds, and just as it clicked in my brain that I heard a noise off in the distance, this feeling of overwhelming dread and a feeling of impending doom washed over me. I've almost died before on a spring run uh, down the Clackamas River in Oregon in a canoe, but nothing compared to the feeling I had that day in my car. Within seconds after feeling this horror and terror feeling, I heard what sounded like two or three little rocks hit the back passenger side of my car. They were followed within milliseconds by what I can only describe as a giant log or boulder hitting the back passenger side of my vehicle. It rocked my car so bad that it physically shook me with the car. I started my car up as fast as I could, trying everything I had to get the heck out of Dodge. I instantly looked back over my right shoulder to try to see if I could see anything at the same time as trying to get my gear stick into drive. I was relieved when I didn't see anything but was instantly terrified when I realized that all of my windows were down. I slammed on the brakes, slammed the gear stick into drive, but got caught up on my electronic e-brake as soon as I hit the gas. At first I thought I was being held down by something and that put me into a straight panic attack. I was already scared beyond belief, but that sent me down a whole nother level. All of a sudden, it dawned on me that my emergency brake was engaged, and instead of something holding my car in place, it was actually my back wheels locked up. 
It takes about three seconds for an automatic emergency brake to engage or disengage. And I can tell you without a doubt, that was the longest three seconds of my life. I proceeded to fly down and out of the woods, turning a 45 minute trek into the woods into a good 15 to 20 minutes out. I honestly don't know how I made it out of there alive with the type of turns and the amount of potholes that are on the particular stretch of road. After getting back onto the main highway, I pulled over and just bawled. I had already been crying all the way down. Note, I have never cried from fear before, but had to hold composure so I didn't die trying to get out of there. I got out and did a walk around on my car and was completely flabbergasted when I saw not one single new scratch nor one single new dent on any surface area of my vehicle. I also would like to note that after looking into the area of where I was, it's not too far from the Bull of the Woods area which is vast in itself. And it also butts up with the Warm Springs Indian Reservation. It contains only hiking trails and those trails are so vast one could easily get lost. The area is inhabited by cougars, bears, and different types of predators and prey. It is very long and deep. After telling one of my buddies about my first encounter on the mountain, he got pretty interested and wanted me to take him up there and to show him the area. I told him that I did not want to go back up that road but would, would take him up to the surrounding area as long as he brought his firearms. We were up there for a few hours milling around and looking for a sign when we came across this embankment. It had extremely particular prints going up it. I could fit my whole hand inside of one of them and they looked to have claws of some sort retracting out at the ends of each toe. We also found what looked like a small stick structure but could also be a result of a creek flowing under the road flooding over it. I also took pictures of this area um, of the footprints and the sticks and uh, we'll try to find a way to post them onto this episode. If not, I will make a Facebook page for this podcast and uh, post them up there along with this uh, episode. A couple months later, I had arranged a camping trip up at a local lake with one of my buddies who lives not too far away from there. It was a nice and calm day as I arrived about one in the afternoon on a Saturday. I got my gear out, my fire set up and ready and waiting for my buddy to show up. This was geared more towards a camping trip than anything else, although anytime I go out into the woods, I'm always on alert for signs and sounds. It was about 8 o'clock p.m. when I finally realized that my buddy was not showing up at all, so I decided to start the fire up and hang out and listen to my downloaded Sasquatch Chronicles podcasts. It was about 10 p.m. when I had just finished up eating dinner and was zoning out on the fire when I got this urge or feeling like I needed to look to my left. There I saw, standing before me, leaning out from a tree just outside my firelight, was what I think to be a juvenile Sasquatch, sitting there staring at me with his bigger but beady jet black eyes and his mouth in a, oh crap, lips look like he's gonna whistle position almost like the oh no you caught me look he had no hair on his face but except all around it almost a rounded out look and I have actually found a picture that 
actually describes almost to the T what I saw. Um, it looks almost identical. Uh, he had a flatter, more broader nose. He looked to be about my height, if not a bit taller, and I'm 5'11". I say he only because I did not get the impression it was a female. I only saw it from the belly button up and part of a leg, forearm, and hand. I did not see any form of breasts. I instantly thought I was seeing things, so started blinking and rubbing my eyes to see if this object I was seeing would go away. It never did. I instantly felt the same fear that I had the day I got scared off the mountain. But the second that dread washed over me, it was replaced with a warming, happy, energetic feeling. No reason to feel warm, happy, or energetic as I was frozen stiff from fear mere milliseconds before. Internally, I knew that something wasn't right, but the feelings were so powerful that they overcame any rational thought that normally would have occurred. All of a sudden, it felt like my mind was extremely heavy. It's really hard to explain. The best way I can think of to describe it is if someone was to apply a medium amount of pressure downwards on your head, but imagine it on your brain instead. I was still ecstatic and vibrating and extremely happy, yet I knew something was off. Then, what I can only describe as a vocalized thought popped into my head, but it felt extremely intrusive and unnatural. We often think to ourselves, and when doing so, tend to hear our own thoughts in our own voice. This was not my voice. It was not a recognizable tonation. The thought that instantly popped into my head was there's no need to be afraid. We're only curious. You are completely safe. We are only observers and only wish to watch you. The word curious and safe kept popping into the forefront of my mind this entire time. I just sat there with a smile on my face, staring at this thing, all the while feeling this whole body cerebral vibration. I started to doubt whether I was really looking at what I thought I was looking at, so decided to slowly pull my light out on my phone and shine it in that direction. As soon as I aimed the light where this object was, it darted back behind the trees so fast that it looked like a blur. That's when it dawned on me. I was just sitting there facing my fire, looking at a Sasquatch peeking from behind a tree. I just stared back down at my fire for another minute or two and decided to call it a night. I snuffed the fire out and went to bed feeling extremely exhausted with no other known incidents. I woke up in the morning and went to the tree where I had my sighting thinking I was seeing things but never found any sort of evidence. I still have doubts about what I saw, but every time I do, I think about the light and how fast the object I was seeing physically moved. I can't discount that. I had been talking to one of my friends about the subject and he showed interest in doing some investigative research with me. We decided to go up to the lake so I could show him the area where I had my sighting at. After about two hours of absolutely nothing, we decided to go up the road and check it out. We ended up on a dead-end road with a big giant open field that looked to be an old logging camp. We had been there for about 10 minutes when I started playing some calls. We instantly got a call back. It sounded high-pitched at first, kind of like a siren, and went down in tone with a hoot sound at the end. Me and my buddy just looked at each other with goosebumps on our arms and decided to do it again. We got nothing back the second time, and after my first encounter, didn't want to chance anything, so we got the heck out of there. 
I spent quite a few more trips out looking for evidence and trying to recreate my encounter, but to no avail. I had a situation happen in, in my life in which disabled me from going into the woods for about six months, so took a big hiatus and focused on myself. A couple weeks ago, I took a trip up to a reported hotspot area that I had gotten information on from a local Sasquatch research group. It was a very interesting investigative trip to say the least. I heard stick breaks, lollipop sounds, hair on the back of the neck standing up and feeling like I was being watched almost the entire time. My field notes go as followed. 3 p.m. Arrival to camp. 4.05 p.m. Facing at 220 degrees southwest, tree knocked to my left. 4.05 p.m. Facing at 220 degrees southwest, stick break to my right. 4.11 facing at 210 degrees southwest. Facing a clearing. Felt like I was being watched. Super eerie feeling. 4.15 p.m. Facing at 66 degrees northeast. Finger and mouth pop sound to the right. Unlike any sound or volume I've ever heard. 4.18 p.m. Facing at 66 degrees northeast. Rustling in brushes to the right. Dissipating. 6.48 p.m. Facing at 220 degrees southwest. Saw black shape duck in and out of bushes out of my peripheral vision and focused in on about one second of something black moving away. Did I catch a peeker? 7 p.m. Facing at 220 degrees southwest. The wind picked up so it is impossible to distinguish possible unnatural sounds versus natural sounds. I still feel like I'm being watched. 7 p.m. to 12 a.m. Lots of crazy noises, but could be due to the wind. Moaning, garbled talk, maybe? Extremely distant, impossible to make out what is being said. Crazy amounts of gunfire lasting throughout this time frame. Sounds like fully automatic weapons. Can't seem to shake the feeling that someone or something is watching me. Uncomfortable, but not scary. 12 a.m. Went to bed with nothing else happening. Still feel like I'm being watched. And that's all she wrote for the very beginning of my experiences. I uh, have had a couple more, but I'm going to save those for uh, upcoming episodes that I'm going to drop here soon, along with uh, little bonuses, in the field bonuses, so keep your eyes open for that. Uh, I need to give credit for the beginning of this episode to Ron Moorhead for the Sierra sounds um, that I was able to find on YouTube and uh, the interview that you listened to earlier explaining the Sierra sounds uh, I found on YouTube on Radio Wasteland channel on YouTube and uh, the name of the video if you're interested in going to check it out and watching it uh, is what is the quantum Bigfoot theory Uh, it was posted four months ago today so go check it out guys so if you did enjoy that episode go ahead and hit the share button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on Uh, go ahead and make sure to spread the word I'm hoping to make my content a little more uh, 
exciting and um, in-depth into different topics. So thanks again, guys. Be safe, be kind, love one another, love each other, and more importantly, love yourself. Until next time, stay safe. Thank you.